What is going on, everybody, and welcome back to Medical Sales Unfiltered. I got your boy, Jacob, on the other side. He is here to let you guys know who he is, and this is going to be, you know, episode one of just jumping into all the different medical sales unfiltered topics that you guys have, basically talking about our weeks, how they're going, and uh, really answering any questions that you guys have when we do live. So be on the lookout for those. But yeah, Jacob, let's uh, tell the group who you are. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, it's great to be here. Uh, my name is Jake McLaughlin. I am a medical device sales rep. I was formerly a personal trainer, uh, broke into the industry with one of the top companies in the world, uh, and was very fortunate to come in as a full line sales rep uh, during my process. I was able to get four job offers from top 30 medical device sale companies, and now I have been in my role for about a year and a half. I took the lowest performing territory in the nation, and we have broke top five at one point. As you know, it's always moving every single day. New numbers are coming in. Right now, I'm sitting between top 15, top 10 um, there, but again, just been able to have a lot of success. Uh, again, just being very fortunate and being in the opportunity that I am at a young yeah. age. No, definitely. Uh, I know about how how those territory changes can be. Like right now, I think I'm ranked uh, third out of, I think it was like 52, but man, things will change. We're still in, we're, we do trimester, so we're in trimester one right now. Really. Yeah. Yeah. And we, uh, we do, we do it weird where our quarter actually ends in April. And then so Q4 ends in April, Q1 for the next year, 2023, will start May for us. Um, so we do it a little different. So we're actually winding down. Uh, that's why things are changing. I, I've been having a lot of success capital and all that. But like you said, it changes every, every single day. They're uploading. People are making new sales. And so one day you could be one. Next day you could be 12. You know, it just always changes. Yeah. So you're you're in the grind right now in the hunt trying to close out solid year. Yeah. Yeah. I got some uh, big things in the works uh, trying to close out for a uh, I'm going to I'm going to exceed quota which is going to be good this first time this quota has actually, or this territory has exceeded quota. Uh, so that's going to be good. But yeah, just continuing to grow. Been on the phone with people the last week, just trying to close a, a couple big deals. That's awesome, man. Congrats. Yeah. On that. Thank you. Uh, so tell us like, so how did you, how did you get into medical sales? Yeah. So I'll be honest, two and a half years ago, didn't even know this industry existed, had nothing about it. Um, I was a personal trainer, like I said, just training and conditioning, worked for a private gym, had my, I, I trained classes and then I also trained myself um, and had my own private clients. And, you know, one of my clients that I was training at the time at the groups, they were there. She's like an aunt to me. Um, and, and she's actually pretty high up at AstraZeneca. And she was like, Jake, you work so hard. A lot of my people that follow me, they're a lot of business guys. I'm here in Scottsdale, so a lot of business people, good money. Um, they were just like, hey man, we see you waking up at 4 a.m. You're at the gym at 4.30 in the morning. You're working until eight or nine o'clock at night, every night. Like, you gotta, you gotta be looking at other things. And again, I loved it and it, it was good, um, but just financially, right? Like, there's nothing wrong with it. Money's not everything, but for me, it kind of goes into the like, I saw people, making way more money and working half as much. And I was like, I know I could crush them. Uh, and, and so my, my person was like, Jake, you have a real, like they always told me sales relationships. I love people. I love being able to have those conversations. And so, yeah, I started just looking into it. Um, and I'm kind of a person when, when I go in, I go all in. Uh, I literally probably a hundred hours worth of just research of for the next three weeks. Every three second I got was watching YouTube videos, podcasts, Googling, reading on articles. And that's when I kind of found that uh, there wasn't a whole lot out there, you know? So that's when I 
as we'll talk, but that's how I started my journey. I actually started recording my podcast and my YouTube series when I was still a personal trainer because I was like, man, there's not a lot out here. So I want to just tell people that will eventually be in my shoe one day. And so, yeah, so then I reached out. Like I said, my whole story is I networked with people on LinkedIn, lived on it, reached out to over 3,000 people. Got to where like every day LinkedIn would tell me I was spam, that I was a robot. It would kick me off for a while. Um, just got on a bunch of calls. I ended up connecting with 180 people and I kept an Excel sheet of every single person I talked to. And then just through that with relationships over the next six months, I was able to talk to a lot of people and uh, get four job offers. Like I stated, again, just when I looked at med device, going back, how med device, why med device, you know, I looked at the lifestyle. Uh, I love helping people. I love working hard. I love, you know, I played basketball in college. Wasn't any good, but played, Uh, but I'm I'm an athlete. I'm a competitor. And so I like that part. And so being able to kind of blend it all together, being competitive, working with high, uh, high knowledge individuals and just continue to grow. That's what I was looking for. And also the next step in my career, because I tell people all the time, I still train on the side, you know, like on the weekends, on Saturdays, I still have some clients that are still like diehards and we still train. Um, So I knew I could still do that on the side. Definitely. And so whenever you were working your way into reaching out to all these people and networking, you said that you got uh, four job offers. So how did you handle like, you know, turning some of those down? Not everybody gets, you know, four or five job offers. Like some people, they're they're lucky if they get through this entire process of one of you. Yeah. Yeah. So great question. Uh, For me, it was the first que- the first one I actually got offered was about a month before the other three and the other three actually all came within about eight hours of each other. They all came within about four hours. But the first one was actually an associate with uh, down in Atlanta. And I, I'll be honest, I just didn't want to move to Atlanta at the time. And the only reason I said no, I was willing to go anywhere. I was going to move there. The only reason I said no is I got a call for the position I'm in now. Got told I was the favorite. It was here locally in Phoenix. My top account's five minutes from my house. Um, so, you know, that was very like, okay, I'm, I might have a chance. I also was a finalist for another company here locally. So I was like, okay. And then got called about an opportunity. It would have been in Denver. And so like when I weighed all the options, all the companies, again, they're all top 15, all top 30 companies. They're all great companies. But when I just looked at, okay, where did I want to be? The one that was going to be in Atlanta, it was going to be great, but I was going to do a lot of travel. I literally was going to be covering probably like six or seven states. They put me in Atlanta because it had a good airport. Basically, I was just going to be flying all the time compared to, you know, a lot of my Phoenix ones. I took over the territory, so I only covered two states personally. My other one was actually going to be an ortho, and it was going to just be here in Phoenix. So when I weighed some of that stuff out, you know, I was just like, what's most important to me? Where does this work out for me? And then the thing I tell most people is I wanted to get in, but I wasn't willing to just take whatever up. Uh, came to my way, right? I wanted to make sure it was a good fit because at the end of the day, I knew I was a good candidate. I knew I'm I'm a hard worker. I'm going to be able to provide and, and perform for whoever hired me. And so I wanted to make sure it was a good fit for me. And so having a, you know, still training on the side when I was trying to break in, I didn't need a job. I was still making good money doing what I was doing. So there was really no rush. Yeah, no, that's perfect. Did you end up, obviously you, had, you got four amazing offers. Did you get turned down? Oh, yeah, all the time. <laughs> you know, we got we to give the people the truth out there. Everybody's like, oh, oh yeah. God, is that simple for job offers? No. no, I tell people all the time. So it took me about six months for like my first couple ones. 
this is why I talk with everyone. Everyone calls me and they're like, oh, I'm gonna get an interview. It's my first interview ever. I hope I get this job. I'm like, you're probably not. And I'm not trying to be rude, but like what you don't understand is medical device interviews are like nothing else that you'll ever go through. Um, again, that's I've been able to go through a lot, get turned down by a lot, get some. But again, you just don't know what they're gonna ask. You don't know how, and again, this isn't a, like a feel good interview. They're gonna ask you tough questions and they expect you to have an answer and they will tell you, you just, you're not good. Like you're not, this isn't for you. Um, so I went through, I think I actually total, you know, probably between 10 and 15 interviews, um, like and actually like going through besides like the first calls, right? Um, but I went through probably 10 or 15, got ghosted in the final round by a couple, you know, like literally was like, hey, you're our top candidate. You talk with the VP. Once you talk with him, you'll have the job. Literally ghosted me. And then I get a call from a recruiter that worked with me for the one day. And he's like, yeah, they went with an internal candidate. Good luck. And then that was it. Like literally just dropped me like a bag. That's um, always the best call to get right there. Yeah. So, you know, I definitely went in. My first couple ones were horrible. Got smashed in the face. And the thing, that's why I tell everybody, even if it's a company you're not interested in, you got to do the interviews because being an athlete, it's going back to watching film, right? The first couple times you see those plays or those get asked those questions, kind of hit you in the face you kind of stumble over them but then by the third fourth fifth time you start seeing them then it's just like a cakewalk now you now you're propped up you can hit them out of the park definitely and i mean it also helps too because uh at some point there's a lot of different companies that have um gallop interviews and so like as you start going through the, this interview process and you're failing you can start kind of using those examples in your mind to generate a story behind something because i feel like a lot of people that you know reach out to you reach out to me they're, yep. they're people that are just getting into the workforce or they're still in college and they're trying to get into something like this and they don't have too many experiences to pull from and just like you said that these interview processes they're they're pretty long my wife is an occupational therapist and i laugh every single time that she wants to go find a new company to work for it's literally like one interview and yeah hired on the spot like yeah they're fun. like so you know i feel like you're a pretty solid fit do you want do you want to take the role and it's like seriously i'm over here battling five six seven eight interviews in and doing sales presentations all this other bullshit and then suddenly bam like then I either get the offer, just like you said, you're ghosted, and here she is, like one interview in, and hey, job is yours if you want it. Yeah. Oh, you're a great fit. Oh, you seem like a good person. Yeah. And funny enough, I was actually, I got, that's kind of part of my story. I got accepted in occupational therapy school when I moved out here, decided not to go. But no, you're 100% right. That's uh, that's why I tell people it is, it's one of the hardest things that you're ever going to do, breaking in, and then you get in, and then it gets even harder. But like again, it's just it comes in waves. But the thing I tell everyone, it, two things. I always said this when I was getting the job because I didn't have the B2B sales experience that they all wanted, right? I was a personal trainer. They didn't count that as training or count that as sales, which I have my own feelings about. But I always say you have to do the job to get the job, right? When I was reaching out to people LinkedIn, I was cold calling. That's part of the job. When I'm keeping an Excel sheet, that's keeping track of my prospects. Like when I'm taking notes, right? So when they would tell me I didn't have it, I would just point to my Excel sheet. I'll just point to like, hey, I already messaged you three times and never responded, but I kept following up and here now I'm in front of you, just like I will with a doctor, right? So yeah. it's just doing the job to get the job is one thing I tell people. And number two, it's what I harp on all the time. It's how you tell your story. It's just literally, it's I've gotten hundreds of people hired from bartenders, teachers, like it doesn't matter your background. It's how you tell the story to it. You, you got to figure out what is your medical device sales? What are the job duties of it? And then what have you done in your back? And I always make an example. Okay, say so you're a teacher. Well, you don't have sales experience. Well, that's not true. You have to sell your class every single day on the topics you're teaching. 
right? So it's simple things like that, but it's, hey, how do you develop a story? And the one thing I do wanna stay on here for everyone to know, I say this to everybody who calls me. The whole job of a medical device sales interview is to tell you why you suck and why you're not good enough to get the job. And they okay. wanna see how you're gonna handle it. And most people just kind of like put their tail between their legs and like, I'm not good enough. And it's not, it's gotta be like, no, totally. Like every time, hey, Jacob, you're a personal trainer. You don't have sales experience. We don't think you'd be a good fit. Hey, totally understand that you feel that way, but here's why I feel like that's a strength. No, definitely. I it, it's, it's one of those things where whenever you're having that conversation and they're using those negatives toward you, just like you said, they're testing to see how you're going to respond in that situation. And so many people fail. Like yep. so many people, they, they think that this is like a regular conversation that you're having. Yes, it's an interview in their mind. They're like, they're taking what that person's telling them apart. Like, dude, you, you really blew this interview. Like, what do you have to say about that? And then it's either just like you said, you tuck tail and you're like, I'm so sorry. Like, I don't know what's wrong with me or you fucking fight and you yeah. see how you can take it to the next level because that's what they want to see. They want to see if you can actually like get over that adversity of them thinking that you're not good enough. Because just like you said, like when I was trying to get into this industry, oh, it was endless. Like, like, dude, you're not ready for this. You're not ready to put this many hours into something, et cetera, et cetera. And that was my like the mindset going in. And to me, that didn't scare me. It didn't push me away. It really made me want to get into something like this even more. But then when you're actually in it and you realize like the difference. So I want to jump into this with you because I, from the conversations that we've had, you had a way different, you know, grand opening into medical sales and being able to be by yourself essentially in a territory yep. I worked in a partnership so you know I had big brother over my shoulder all the time and definitely felt like I need to be the first one in last one out whereas for you it was way different so tell me a little bit about your you know th this very first role that you're in and uh and then I'll talk a little bit about mine to show the people like you know, I came in again a little bit jaded um, because I had a way different opening experience. Had I had your opening experience, maybe I would have stuck to like the the situation that I was in longer. Yeah. But obviously like the changes that I've made have put me into biopharmaceuticals, which is an awesome space to be in. But yeah, tell us about, uh, about like how your role is right now, how, you know, people told you exactly like what we're talking about, dude. Like it's endless work, this and that, and how you get shit done regardless of quote unquote having to work from nine, like six o'clock in the morning until 12 o'clock at night. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, the thing I love about what I have now, <clears throat> excuse me, is, you know, my manager has been great. My, I, I have a team that's very supportive. I have phone calls. I'm literally on my phone all the time. Uh, but like the thing is, is I've never met my team. I've only met my partner here in Arizona, Alex, and Alex is literally He's my saving grace. If I didn't have Alex, my life would have been way different. He he was able to help coach me, help it. But the thing is, he was still running his own territory out in Vegas and Arizona. So like when he could help me, he could. But otherwise, it was just like kind of do your thing. But again, he was he's a teammate. He's not a manager, right? So he wasn't ever micromanaging me. He's mm -hmm. like, hey, just do this if you want to. If you don't, like it's your, it's your territory. Like you do whatever you want, you know? Um, yeah, so like you guys didn't share the number. No, yeah. So it, I have my own, he has his own. He's like, hey, I'll help you when I can. And that's the same with us. Like we help each other when we can because we don't have associates. We have our own territory and we both have to cover two states, which can be challenging um, when like com our competitors, for example, have six people here just in Phoenix. Yeah. And there's one person for us to cover you know, here and then New Mexico, and then you just go down, Tucson has its own a couple reps, you know, like, so there's those different ones. Um, but yeah, like 
for the pretty pretty most part like my manager is pretty hands-off you know like for example i've only met her once and so again that's not a bad thing i don't ever say that like she coaches me we get on calls all the time but for example i'm not having somebody be like calling me every day hey where's your numbers why is this like this uh, it's not it was kind of like I, I made this very well known through the interview process. I moved out here to Phoenix with $1,200 to my name and didn't know one person. Two years later, I was in the top 10% of personal trainers. I was training very high end millionaires. Like, I'll figure it out. I don't need my hand held. Um, just give me the opportunity and I'll figure it out. And it was the same thing once I got in, right? Like, when I, the day I started, I didn't have my car yet. I didn't because my company provides us a car. They didn't. Get, my yeah. car wasn't here. My computer wasn't here. My phones weren't here. Like I literally had zero stuff to start day one. And what I later found out is 7 a.m. the day you start, it's all supposed to be like delivered at your house um, or before. So I literally had nothing. I found out I had a case like three days in. I didn't even have training under my belt, so I'm studying all night just so I can be in a case and not sound like an idiot. Yeah. Um, but. Again, with that, that's, I always loved it because, again, I'm a territory manager and I tell people all the time, I get calls all the time. And they're like, I don't think I could do this. I don't think I could go right into a territory manager. My first thing is, I don't know if you should do med device sales because if you're that, like, if that's how you really feel. Yeah. But number two is like, that's what I love. I tell people all the time, sink or swim, baby. Like there two things are either going to happen. I'm either going to figure it out real fast and I'm going to, I'm going to screw up and I'm going to get yelled at and I'm going to learn from that. Or I'm just going to suck for the next six months to a year and realize medical device sales isn't for me. You know, like it was like one or the other. Um, and so I just went in. I just was like the young, dumb, funny kid, like smiling, just like every day was learning for me. And I'm trying to do things and I would be getting on calls and I'd be doing stuff. And, you know, my first my first month, I set up like six lunches and I was like, this is easy. Like, but then out of those lunches, I think I only got one doctor to actually like try me, you know, so yeah. it, but it, but it, but again, yeah, so it's been learning. Uh, I've been on calls with VP, my manager, right? So we've had coaching sessions that have helped me the first six months. I'll be honest, ever since six months in, um, I was on a six-month guarantee. We came in, got a new quota. I've been performing. After that, I was like, hey, guys, I appreciate you, but I don't really need your help at this point. If I need, Because I was performing. I was like, if I do, I'll call you, I'll ask, Like, but we don't need to like do it. So again, that's where I'm just saying I had a lot of freedom to figure it out. And like we've talked before, Medical device sales is considered the top of the top, and I, and I get that, right? But at the end of the day, it's a job. It's a job that has job duties. And if you can figure out those job duties and do it, you know, it you'll figure it out. And so like, that's been my big thing. I get yelled at, we've talked about this, I get told all the time. Like I'll post on LinkedIn, encouraging stuff or things I'm learning, I get told like, shut your mouth, you're only a year and a half in, what do you know? And I just laugh because it's like, I don't need 10 years experience and be told 10,000 times no, instead of just 500 times no, to figure out what the duties are. And, and hey, this is where I had success. So again, I've had the opportunity to be very fortunate to have a lot of freedom and and just fail and figure it out. And for me, that's that's just my lifestyle. I'm like, hey, you know, I'm, I love getting thrown to the wolves because it's like, I'm gonna figure out. And I haven't died yet. I moved out a lot of times. I've had no money. I've been broke, like, and I'm doing good now. So I, I will say that is one thing that's probably different between me and a lot of people. My confidence is sky high, like, yeah. I because I just refuse to give up. And so if I believe if I don't quit and I don't give up, I'll figure it out and I'll win eventually. Yeah, and see, that's what's awesome, man. Like, whenever I first got started, the the difference was 
we had a large territory, not not two states, but for Texas, pretty large, just because Texas is huge. Yeah. And, um, but I worked on a team, so I had my senior rep who had been working in Striker for probably like 15 to 20 years at that at that time, developing this Austin territory, and then I came in as his partner, so I got a piece of the pie. I wasn't an associate, and then we had an associate, so we were all everywhere all the time, running cases and running sets. Like we didn't have couriers and things like that uh, until we became a part of the trauma team. And then when we joined the trauma team, then that's when we finally started getting couriers and getting a little bit of our lives back. But it, the difference was, you know, we knew where everybody was 24 seven. Like our, our schedules on our calendars were lined up. We all shared um, like the same work calendar. We would let each other know or put like our initials next to who was covering what case. The night before we were texting like, okay, hey, I'm gonna be at this case at seven. Who's got this other case at seven? Cause we would have three, four five cases all starting yep. at the same time. Uh, just cause our territory was large enough and we had enough of the the business that we had that many cases running. But you know, some days, yeah, you're, you're either in cases all day long and then you're picking up sets and dropping off. But other days too, you have, in, in my situation, you'd have like cases that would end by about like 11 o'clock in the morning. So at 11 o'clock, you pretty much are, are done. But it was definitely that mindset where it would be nice. Like the way I looked at it was, was it would be nice to be able to sit back, start doing like some number crunching, looking at different things and trying to figure out how to grow the business. But it was big brother over my shoulder. It'd be like, yo, so what are you doing now? Where are you at right now? Hey, who have you talked to yet? And so like, it was just this kind of, it felt like a micromanagement over yep. me the entire time, which kind of, it, I, one, I think it helped me a lot to understand because I never really had too much of a micro manager. Uh, and he wasn't even my manager, but this was, this was his baby. So like when you start developing territories, like that's how it becomes to you. Like that this is yours, all of these positions are yours. And when you put somebody into your territory and they get a piece of your pie, they better not fuck up your pie. So um, for me, I, like I just had this kind of bad taste because it was as if, I couldn't go and do anything on my own without feeling like somebody was always wondering what I was doing. And then as I got deeper, like, like deeper into the territory and getting a better relationship with that person, you know, I, I spoke my, my mind and I was like, yo, dude, I, I need you off my back. Like, like I, I am good at what I do. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that. And then finally they started loosening up a little bit a lot, allowing me to kind of run my own territory, how, even though it was all ours, but I was like in charge of growth and then he would be in charge of the current business. And so yeah. that helped our model out a lot. And those are the things that I think people, you know, miss miss out on and don't understand. Like some people will come into a territory like you and it's just like you said, sink or swim. And then you come into a territory like me where you have somebody that has a shit ton of experience, but the problem with it is how good of a coach are they? This guy was a fantastic coach, but he also held his business so close to his chest that he didn't want, you know, me to mess it up or, or like have a really bad case with one of his doctors. And then they're like, why did you send this guy into my, you know, to my OR? Yep. Um, and so I, I just had that different experience where I, I just had like a little salty taste in my mouth because exactly like you're saying, I had a guy that would tell me, like, you don't know until you know, whereas, and that's what the older senior reps were telling you from across the, you know, across the pond, but then you have your own take on it, and you can figure it out on your own, and I, I didn't get to do that, I didn't get to really figure it out on my own, but I think that that's what made me really successful was having that person hold your hand, really kind of teach you, and then 
putting you out there because let, let's talk about training like how long were you in your territory before you went to your first training yeah so that's the thing i i, I went into training i was pretty fast two weeks um after i got hired i was in my territory but then even like for me here i was frustrated because i here i had been out in the field for two weeks and now i had to get pulled out for a week or two weeks and not be at any cases and then again, I have a low performing territory with one of the top doctors and they're already getting hit by it. If I wasn't there, they're using my competitor. So I would voice that all the same, all the time. Like, how am I, I've already done two, three weeks and now I'm getting pulled. And so again, it was beneficial in the big team or big term. Yes, it was helpful. Um, but in the moment I was like, I would be stressed because then they would be using my competitor. And again, I was brand new rep, so I didn't have any relationships built. Uh, all the OR directors, every surgery scheduler, first chance they got, they took me off. Yeah. Um, and they would give it to the, the rep that had been there for three, four years with the competitor, right? Um, so again, training was good, but for me, I got uh, hired in the heart of COVID, so it was all virtual. So it was literally sitting on computers for eight to 10 hours a day, ready to, by the by week two, my headache was like, I'm so sick of seeing a screen. I didn't want anything to do. I had bad headaches. I was just like, no, nah, I'm done. And so, but again, it, it was super helpful with training in the long term. The one thing I did want to just touch on here is like, you made a comment of like a lot of reps i've seen it and it's just all business right people who are business owners that it is their baby it's a kid they built it and it's their thing but what they have to understand is you know like i've been with some great business owners if you ever want to scale it you have to let it go because mm -hmm. if you can't if you don't you're never going to be able to scale you're only it'll just be you so many times and, and you have to understand the person you're going to hire who's new they're going to mess up like that's part of being new you know what i mean and so you can they can try to control it as much as they want um, but that, again that's where I was very fortunate like I said my manager is great my VP is great they're all like they're very coachable but I've also been like hey when I'm good I'm good like yeah. no because that's one thing I've, I've I always voiced I can't be micromanaged I just came from being a personal trainer where I ran my own business I did whatever I want when I want yeah and so I came here and again I'm coachable I'm willing to learn and I'm willing to do whatever I can but if, but they, like my manager, we would get on calls and she'd ask, and I was like, if I have somebody checking on me every single day and expecting stuff, it's just not going to work. Give me a list. Tell me what I need to get done. I'll get it done. But I, if you, I don't want to be like, Hey, did you do this? Hey, what are you doing there? What are you doing there? Like, and that was my whole take is like, Hey, six months, give me figure it out. I was on guarantee came off six months. Now I'm now we started quota for me. Okay. And now I'm originally in and I got coached. And then as I started really hitting my numbers really high, started exceeding, then I was like, Hey, I feel good. If I need your guys' help, I'll, I'll ask you. So again, this isn't ever me be trying to try to be arrogant saying I know everything. But at the other time, I would have the talk is like, hey, we're getting on an hour phone call and I'm missing cases. I'm trying to rush from cases, driving while we're trying to talk. And really, the phone calls are like, they're nice. It's good to hear from you guys, but they're not very helpful to a, to an extent. Um, and that's the other thing, like you were stating, with all these reps that have been in for 10, 15 plus years, experience is everything. And I get that. That, that is true. The one thing, though, is like you said, a lot of people come in and they're jaded. They've had two, three years and they're jaded people. And like I got told all the time, like right when I get in, I have all these reps that have been in for years. Shut my mouth. Don't do this. You need to do that. Guess what? I've done everything opposite of them and I still had a lot of success. Yeah. You know, um, so that's the thing. And with medical device sales, it's always forever changing. There's always new stuff. And it's it's becoming a younger world with all the new technology and everything. So, again, we're not, I always joke around with you. We'll joke around. It's like, we're not faxing anymore, Terry. Like, yeah. we're not waiting for any of it, right? I can do a, a text, an email. I can do a quote on my phone. And so 
that's just what I've learned. Again, always being coachable. I still get on calls with other reps that aren't even in my company, just have been in the industry for 10, 15 years to ask them, hey, here's my, here's what I'm doing. Try to get as much advice as I can. But then also understand, you know, like I've been on a couple podcasts. That's why they like having me is because I don't come from the normal background. So I'm, I have a different take and a different spin on what I see. And the thing I'll just leave on that is, Sales is sales is sales. It's relationships. Yeah, I mean, do people like you? And yeah. me being a personal trainer, you know, that's why I always say it. I worked with millionaires. Nobody cares about your resume. It's not what you know. It's who you know. I learned that when I was in strength and conditioning. The guy who's in the NBA compared to the guy who's at the NAIA college. It's not what he knows. It's who he knows. And so, you know, that's what's just stood true to me um, in med device and even that. That's why we all stay in relationships because guess what? My company tomorrow can say, "Hey, Jake, you're fired." It's gonna come down to who I know. Yeah, we've got some network. Be able to pick up and get something else, and kind of keep moving on. Uh, see, that's kind of—it makes me wonder what I would have liked because my training didn't happen until I think like eight months in. So. Yeah, see, that to me would have just—I'll just be honest—that would drive me nuts. I'd be like, "Why are we even doing training? No, I've already I, seen everything." And they expected me to come out of the class the valedictorian, which I did. But it was one of those where that was the expectation because at that point, yeah, I've already been selling my product for this long. Like, how am I going to go there and not know how to use my product? Yeah. And they're going to just touch on things. Yeah. I had a guy who had been in for like three, four months. He already knew everything because, you know, we, we were not, we were, or I'm not an ortho. So it's not like I have a hundred trays, right? Like we sell mm-hmm. just a couple products, do that. So he had been in enough cases. He's seen enough. You know, once you got it, you're good. So again, I get the training, but like, yeah, to, to wait three, six, nine months to go into training, it makes no sense because by that time you've already, you've already been yelled at. You've already had some fails. You've already won. You've already learned a lot, you know? Yeah, it was wild. Like it, it was, it was an interesting situation. When I got to my training, there were some people that, yeah, like they were two, three weeks in, like we're literally just finished the onboarding process and now they're at training. And I'm like, man, that's really lucky. But then again, I guess it didn't matter so much because I had my senior rep who really walked me through a lot of this stuff. But at the same time, I was still thrown into the wolves because the way that he trained me was like, here's a set, go home, study it, and then we're going to talk about it. And then it was like, all right, what questions do you have? I'm like, I don't fucking know. Like, what do you mean what questions do I have? It's like, well, what questions do you have? I'm like, I know what all the sizes are, but like, how am I supposed to know? And sure enough, I go into a case doctor asked the question i'm like man that's a really good question then i asked my my senior rep he's like why didn't you ask me that? So they asked me a question i'm like i didn't know like, yeah, how i didn't like, know what to think know what kind of question <laughs> like so that was you know always an interesting kind of kind of situation so it just I, I and i think people don't understand that like it's kind of weird how training can be all over the place you could be in your role for a really long time but actually i think both of my uh i think when i went to olympus i was probably in the territory for four to six months before I finally went to training. So it, it really varies as to when when they have training available because they also don't want to go train three people. Um, they want to- Yeah, they want to make sure it's big enough for everybody and make it worthwhile. Yeah. So it, so when people are asking, you know, how, how hard is it to train and, and understand a product that, I guess it's really kind of a mixed answer because if you're not good at self-teaching, then it could be really rough for you. But if you're good at figuring things out, then you should be able to figure out the product and, and what you need to do. And I think that's a big thing just to touch on in med device by itself, self-teaching. Every yeah. day. I talk to reps that have been in for 10 years. We get asked, they get asked questions they still don't know. 
you know, there's always new things coming up. So if you're not open to always be learning, always trying to figure out new things, you're going to be in trouble. Like you need to always be open, figuring out, you know, I'm a year and a half in, I get, and I've ran this territory. We're doing very well. I still get questions asked to me on a weekly basis. I'm like, what the heck? Text in my team. Some of them haven't heard it. Got to text managers, other teammates. Like, yeah. So there, it's always just learning and you got to just be open to it at all times. Yeah. So what would you say is the best advice that you could give somebody right now? Like, let's get, let's, let's put two scenarios. Somebody that's in college that, um, essentially they are about to graduate. Maybe yep. somebody that decided I'm not going to go to PT school. I'd rather end like you, you're not going to do OT school. So I want to get into medical sales. And then somebody that already has like some beef experience. Yeah, I have. I've gotten all those people hired. I have three of them on the podcast that are in college or just out of college. Same thing, out of sales. Network, 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 network. Everybody always, like, this is where I laugh. Everybody's like, what's the secret recipe? It's networking. It's not what you know, it's who you know. I don't care if you go to ADP and you're a president club winner and your resume, cool. Maybe you get through the, the computer process, but it's going to be coming down who you know, because at the end of the day, when I already have a relationship, I've called a hundred people. That's how I got the offer with like Zimmer Biomet, um, with one of my company. I just cold called the manager and he's like, wow, you just are a go-getter. Right. And then he's like, stay in touch with me for the next three months. Did it every, every week, Thursday at 8am. He got a text from me. Hey, checking in, following up. Hope you had a good week. Just wanted to see about the position. Nothing now. Give me a text next week. For three months, the position came open. I was one of two finalists right away. Mm-hmm. So that's always my thing. It's networking. It's not what you know. It's who you know. You need to reach out to everybody. And this is to get it. Reach out to associate sales reps, territory managers, regional managers. Here's why: associate sales or associate reps. That's who you're going to most likely come in as. That's so. A, they're going to tell you what their life is like and what your life most likely would be like. And B, they most likely just got hired, the most recent hires, so they can tell you how to interview with the manager you would be going up against. Two, territory managers, that's what you want. You want to be a full-line sales rep, talk to them, get good success. But also, guess what my manager does every single time we have an opening? Text my team. Hey, guys, we have an opening. Do you guys know of any good people we can hire? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, they do it internally. They don't go external first. They go internal first. Yeah, and you got to question yourself whether or not you're willing to put your name on somebody. Well, and that's and that's the whole other thing, right? Uh, I'll spin off that for a second. I hate when people message me. Hey, do you have a job? Like, even if I did kick rocks, I'm never going to give it to you. I don't know you. Like, you could be a creep. You could be a murderer. You could be a weirdo. Like, anybody can fake stuff for two, three, six months. Like, <laughs> I know everybody, right? Like, that's why you should marry your nature self person for a while before you marry them. Anyone can date, uh, fake it for six months or whatever and be yeah. who you want to be right so that's my thing is you have to like make real relationships and if you like do not send your resume without ever creating a relationship and let's just t- touch on that because when you do that all you're doing is asking for a job from me and yeah. guess what i don't know you so you know how you get that job you talk to me create a relationship and i'm like man i really like this person hey you free shoot me over your resume and i'll send it to my manager that's how it works it's yeah. not you pushing it out um, so that's that's a talk I have all the time. And then going into the regional managers, the d- district managers, those are your hiring managers. Those are the people who are going to choose, right? So that's why you need to be networking with everybody. I, I literally networked with every single pe- person um, in that division. And I was like, okay. And sometimes the associates got me in. Usually it was like I connected with one of my buddies. Uh, he's now a buddy, but at the time didn't know him. Connected with him, found out he was the top rep at Striker, or the company that's now part of Striker that I was interviewing with. Guess who went pretty fast through the interview process? Me. Because when the top rep's saying you should hire this person, that goes pretty far. 
Um, and then same thing with reaching out to the regional manager because then you can just talk with them. So that's really my talk with everybody is just networking. It's not what you know, it's who you know. You guys need to be reaching out to everybody. And if you think you reached out to enough, reach out to more. I get this call all the time. I reached out to seven people and only one got back to me. <laughs> Welcome to sales, baby. Like yeah. I don't go talk to 10 doctors and 10 doctors all sign with me. You know, so you need to be able to go. And my last piece of advice with the whole networking is everybody tries to be the player that gets put in, right? A job opening gets posted and they're like, I just saw the job opening. I'm trying to I'm trying to get this job. Like I get these texts all the time, the calls. 99% of the time, the job's already filled. I got the call about my job three weeks before it was ever posted. The only reason they post it is because they have to for HR reasons, for being legal reasons, right? So unless it's normally like a small little associate role, Maybe they don't have it filled and they're looking for someone, but 99% of the time they already have candidates in play. So that's why I always say, don't try to get hired right away. Try to be the player on the bench. That's how I got four job offers. I networked over and over for months and months. And there was days I was on the bottom. I felt like I was doing nothing. And like I said, within eight hours, I got three job offers. Like it all came together all at once. But what it is, is you've got to be the person on their mind, sending them a follow-up message with people you've connected with every month. Hey, hope you're doing great. Hey, hope the family's doing well. Just wanted to touch base. Like, hey, here's my journey, right? Just doing it and never being annoying. Like it's all about how you always structure your messages, but being the player on the bench, because guess what? When a rep leaves and now that associate just got promoted and they need a new associate, and the manager you've already talked to and a couple of the reps already go up there, that's how you get it. Like I tell people all the time, one reason I got a territory manager job over an associate, A, I did my re uh, networking and then my, my knowledge, I knew more about the territory than a lot of people. But B, when my manager asked, she had eight people say my name. And I also very strategically reached out to those eight people. She got a text on Monday, a text on Tuesday, a text on Wednesday, Thursday, getting told why I was the best candidate for the position when they were gonna, I had my final interview on Friday. No, see that's, I, I, I tell people the same thing. I'm like, you you have to network. Every job that I've gotten, I've known somebody there. Uh, yeah. Somebody has moved my resume physically from a pool of, you know, a hundred people to the very top of that list and put it right on top of the manager's desk, like you need to talk to this person. And that's, that's what, it sucks, but that's what this world is. This world is really all about the relationships that you have. And if you don't have any, go cultivate them. It's basically what Jacob's saying. That's what I'm saying. You have to cultivate those relationships because without doing that, you're, you are really trying to sell against a hundred other people that are just like you. So what are you going to do that's going to set yourself apart from everybody else? And just like you were saying, that shows your methodology of working. And when you're in that interview process, you can use all of that stuff that you've done, call out on all the names of the different people that work in that same industry that you've talked to and say, hey, if you want got their number, we can get them on the phone. They'll tell you how good I am, or they'll tell you how many times I've reached out, this and that, or just like you said, if you've reached out to the regional directors, the VPs, different things like that, even if they never get back to you, but you end up getting into that interview process, just you like you did, you can say, I contacted you and or they might tell you, hey man, yeah, I saw those messages. I never got back to you, but look at where we are here, you know? Yeah. That's, that shows a lot of clout at that point. That's my life. My regional manager messaged her five times before she ever messaged me back. And it was only because on that, I messaged her five times. One of the people I got on used to be her old associate. She loved me, sent me the, sent her a text. That next day I had a message from my regional manager, right? Same thing. My VP that I interviewed with, who was the top dog, I had a message three months prior that I had sent him. He never responded. 
but hey, I could touch it. Hey, I'm a go-getter. Hey, you guys don't think I can do this. Well, I sent you a message three months ago, but here I am sitting in front of you today. I didn't yeah. quit, right? And and I will say this, this is one of my pet peeves is when people are like, oh, it's you just have to know somebody that's so unfair. <laughs> Guess what? Like I, I hate the most, I hate spoiled people. Like, again, I came from nothing. I hate the mindset of like, I went to college, I deserve. Like I come from the mindset, you don't deserve anything. You deserve zero. You you get out of life what you put into life. Um, and too many people, like in the world we live in today, I did this, so I should have that. No, you should have zero. Um, and, and that is how I, I personally feel. I will feel. I say that to my family members. Like I have family members who struggle, and I'm like, I don't feel bad for you at all because you choose your life. And so again, that is the cost of this business, right? You have to know somebody. When I started this, I knew zero people, zero. Even the person I met that was my client. She was in, uh, she was a top dog in pharma, but like, she she's like, hey, I can kind of help you. I'll just be honest, like I didn't really get much help from her. Like she might have sent me a text. She didn't reach out to one person for me. She didn't make a creation for me. So I could have sat there and waited for her. And guess what? Nothing would have ever happened. She just told me about what this world was, a little glimpse, and then I did all the work, and then I put it in. But it's like I hate people who tell me like. I went to medical sales college or I went and have this degree or I have sales experience. Well, what do you freaking do? You know, like who cares? Like yeah. what are you doing to set yourself apart? Because guess what? There's somebody else, somebody else who's willing to do it. And I talk to this all the time. Like I was literally willing to do whatever. I took eight hours to put a book together. You won't do that. Like that's what I say to these people. It's like, you won't do that. That's why I, I, I went. I talked yeah. to a kid the other day. He just got five job offers. You want to know why? He went from Kenya. His family relies on him. Guess what? You spoiled brat who just got a degree and thinks you deserve everything. You're never going to beat that guy. Yeah. Because that guy's working not for just himself, his family. He doesn't yeah. care. He's willing to do whatever he takes. He will work 24 hours, get no sleep and work another 24 hours because it's what he has to do to survive and to support his family. So like that's like you can hear, I get really passionate. I get really into it because like one thing I hate is spoiled brats. And there's yeah. too many people in this world who think just because they did one thing, they deserve it. Like even to this day, I don't think I deserve shit. No matter what happens to me, I could get fired tomorrow. And you know what? That's how the world plays out. And I have two options feel bad for myself, cry and say it's not fair or figure it out because that's all life's going to give you. Yeah, no, and that's the, you know, the whole purpose of what we're creating here, the whole purpose of why you've created what you've done. And, you know, the haters are going to hate in the sense of we, like either you nor I have a ton of experience, but it's like, all right, well, then why didn't you go do what we're doing right now? Yeah, and they won't. And that's, I've always been told this, right? When you start getting hate, that's when you know you're onto something. Um, because for example, for every one message I get that tells me I suck and that I need to shut my mouth, I have a hundred tell me how amazing that the things I'm doing are yeah. and like how helpful it is, just like yourself, right? And again, I, I come from, I listen to a lot of Gary Vee and it's like, if somebody's going out of their way to like tell you how much you suck or why you should shut up or whatever it is, like it's not a reflection on me. It's a reflection on you hate your life so much or there's something you're struggling with so bad that you're going out of your way. When you're watching my content, by the way, you're taking time out of it to like think about me, but you're going out of your way to like say negative stuff to me. Like I, it doesn't affect me. I'm like, I don't even know this dude or this person. Like who cares? Like, but I feel bad for them because like if that's what they have to do to make themselves feel better, like cool. You know, like we, we joke around. Uh, there's a person, they probably are gonna watch this. 30 years into med device, retired. First month in, I was putting some like encouraging stuff. I have DMs, shut your mouth, you don't say anything new, you need to work and all that. Cool, man, have a great day. And then he wouldn't leave me alone. And like, it's just like, you know, I, 
that to me is sad and it sucks for them because that's how they're spending their time retired instead of, instead of spending it with their family or the kids or whatever it is, right? Yeah. So it's like, you can't be mad. It's just, you know, people are negative and that's why you just try to be a light and as, as encouraging as you can to people. I must be doing something wrong. I only get a couple of hate mail. I don't get as much as you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's the, the one came from it was uh, I just got done with a run and I was shirtless. I didn't show any nipples or anything, but it was like my upper chest. And he's like, put a freaking shirt on. And all right, dude, you're just mad. I don't know what to tell you. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm my God. Like, but, you know, it, everybody has their triggers. Yeah. No, nah, man. So uh, let's end that here. And what we'll do is let, let's try to, you know, hook up uh, once a week, maybe. Talk yeah. about what, what, what's going on, what was a win, what was a loss. And 100%. Answer some of those questions that everybody else has. And one thing that I wrote a note down is, because I got this asked a lot, and I'm sure you did too, medical sales college. Just touch on that next time. Because yeah, yeah. I'm happy, happy to go into I have some podcasts already, had some people, I have my thoughts, but uh, but happy to touch base on it. Yeah, definitely. So how can people find you? I'll put the link at the bottom of Yeah, so you guys can find me. Uh, LinkedIn, just Jacob McLaughlin. If you guys are going to go to YouTube, same thing, Jacob McLaughlin, or New to Medical Device Sales. TikTok, Instagram, all the social media is New to Medical Device Sales. Facebook's not really alive, trying to, uh, but really big on TikTok, um, Instagram as well. And then again, you guys can also check out, I have a website, New to Medical Device Sales. I put, you know, a 30, 60, 90 day plan. I also have a book guide for breaking into med device sales, what I do, how I go over, how I broke in with four job offers um, with no previous sales experience. And then also just put out a new book called First Year End, um, where it was just my experience of being in med device, everything I learned, oh, but man. I wish I would have known. Um, so yeah, that's just new to medicaldevicesales.com. Uh, you guys can grab that. But yeah, um, I try to be active. And, and the one thing I'll end with is I literally get a hundred messages a month. Like, I get back to everybody. I make sure to take time. So if you guys message me on LinkedIn or whatever it is, I will get back to you. Um, sometimes it could take a couple days, but if I don't reach back out, I always give everybody one call and I tell people from the start, Hey, I don't save numbers. I literally get too many numbers to do yeah. this, but I'm willing to take 10, 15 minutes, uh, 10 minutes usually if to help you. And the last thing is like, always come prepared. If somebody calls me and they're like, uh, 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 I get off the phone as fast as I can. Cause you and I both know we just don't have enough time to wait for people who don't come prepared. Yeah, oh, I love having a conversation with somebody that's like fully prepared. They have like 20 questions to ask me, and it's you just start spitballing the whole time, but it, it's amazing. So, definitely, if you're ever reaching out to us, do your homework, come prepared because that is don't waste my time, I won't waste your time. We'll give you as much wonderful knowledge that we can obviously offer and yeah so everybody again this was medical sales unfiltered looking forward to the next episode we're going to be going over medical sales college a plus and a minus of what our week looks like and really anything and everything in between yeah Can't thanks wait. A lot. thank you